0: The number one financial destination Yahoo <laughs>
1: what's good internet it is monday december 18th and you are listening to waypoint radio episode 122 we are in the final stretch to the holidays we are heads down on end of year content (laughs) hashtag content i am austin walker i'm being joined today by danielle riendo that was that was her laugh right there
2: that was my laugh how you doing
1: good i'm doing all right i'm doing all right there's construction so could be better (laughs) but what can you do also joining us rob zachney
3: Happy holidays, everybody.
1: Rob Zachney, who just wrote a story about sad Christmas music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Extremely on brand. Uh, and also, of course, Patrick Klepek.
4: Are you saying you're against infrastructure investment? What the fuck? Austin? Oh, this know.
1: is not this is not infrastructure investment. This is like a company building a, mm. th- a new thing. So, this so is burn private. it down. Capitalism! That's it. That's it. <laughs> they have been working on the streets, and that has been annoying. But like you said, it's infrastructure. I'll live with it. I'll live with it. The streets need work, you know? Uh, but I just feel like it's a, it's a shitty time of the year for it because of how cold it is. And I always just feel like y'all must be freezing your asses off, like digging up this road right now. Um, I, like, I get it. I get you have to repair roads even in the winter, but it's just, I feel bad for people. I hope they're getting yeah, paid well.
2: that's fair. They're wearing, they wear like long underwear and yep, under true. armor and true. then like work clothes. Cause I've had like several car accidents with like as an EMT where I've, I've oh, had like construction right. workers like as right. my patient and like you gotta cut through all that so right. I always feel really bad because I'm cutting through like four sets Some of clothes sets of stuff. Yeah. it's like all their stuff and I'm like I'm so sorry I, I have to do this to make sure you're they okay they probably understand they do I mean they're usually right. it's like not happy that, <laughs> or be
1: hurt really bad or yeah. worse so I think you're doing your, you're still doing your job
3: you know I
2: know. I just feel bad man that's, that's I good get shit it. You know? I get it
3: but what you're saying is, like, Under Armour is not, in fact, like, body armor. Like, it will not protect <laughs> from injury.
2: Oh, no, I think I just blew up Under Armour's spot right there. Sorry, uh, UA. Who will protect this house if not Under Armour? <laughs> oh,
1: God. No. Jesus. I feel like Under Armour... guess Armor... I can take that pair of underwear out of the window.
2: <laughs> oh, no.
1: I feel like Under Armour, like, kind of was one of those companies that went from a weird upstart brand to something that's everywhere very quickly, or yeah. we we're just getting old, and it happened, and so it feels like it was yesterday, but really it was like a decade ago when they really came on the scene, and this is just part of getting old. Well, yeah, it's... no, they
2: did. Like when I was playing lacrosse in college, and that's like early aughts. That was the thing to have for like under your uniform kind of thing. So they right. were starting up like around then. It, you're, I think you're absolutely right. Like it was only like a little more than ten years ago, and now uh-huh. it's like every human being is wearing Under Armour all the time.
3: Well, and and this <laughs> thing is like it really did start out as like clothes, like specialist clothes for like athletes yeah. and such, right? Like. And compression shirts, like, are awesome if you're, like, you know,
2: playing outdoor
3: sports or, you know, even for weight training and stuff like that. Uh, But I think in the last 10 years, the other thing, and and partly driven by Under Armour, is, like, athleisure became really trendy. The idea of, like, yeah, I'm not active right now. (laughs) Right now I'm sitting at my desk or I'm draining (laughs) the last of, like, the coffee in the office kitchen. Uh. But I'm wearing clothes that suggest... That like basically like your clothes became the I'd rather be sailing right uh, like yeah. bumper sticker. Right. It was right. like oh man, I just I really wish I was mountaineering today, but oh well. God, I'm gonna be honest, yeah.
2: I'm wearing Under Armour right now. Like, see this moment, I'm wearing no, right, like several Under Armour things. At you this
1: legitimately moment. could be getting up from your desk in five minutes to go out for a run or something. I, oh yeah, you I mean know, I'm gonna
2: lift today, like for see?
1: sure. Say yeah. this is it. You got to be ready to go. I'm ready uh, to the thing go. That's, Here's the thing that's really made me feel old this weekend is I went to go see The Last Jedi. I'm not going to talk about spoilers or takes or any of that shit. Uh, but what I am going to say is after it was over, one of the things that I was bemoaning was the lack of uh, Star Wars game that let me just kind of linger in, in the world of Star Wars. Because yeah. Battlefront 2 is definitely I, – I jumped in briefly to Battlefront 2. That's not what I want right now. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Battlefront 2. There's bits there that I think are kind of cool, but, like, no. Um, And uh, the thing that a friend of mine reminded me of was that it was 22 years ago that the first Dark Forces came out. It was 20 years ago that Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight came out. And that's a long time. 20 years is a long time because I have such clear memories of, like, sitting on my desktop computer in our dining room in my home and, like, play and doing, like, online Jedi battles in Dark Forces 2. And it was 20 <laughs> years ago.
3: Oh. <sighs> anyway. 20 years without great LucasArts Star Wars games. <laughs> exactly. Oh.
1: Exactly. Ugh. Um, how's everyone else doing? So, so, yeah, that's what I did this weekend was I played some Battlefront 2. So did I. I did you?
3: Yeah, I, I started it.
1: Okay, would you what, uh, we don't have to go deep in this, but what did you think of it?
3: Uh, I both like I liked it way more than I thought I would. Uh-huh. But also I like it just enough to be really resentful that it's not more of the stuff I like. <laughs> What's the stuff that sense. you like? So what you said about like lingering in the world, yeah. right? Like everything about that game is so meticulously detailed and like created with such care down to the, like down to the fucking like material textures on like rebel officers, uniforms and stuff. Like Uh it's holy shit. Like they went, used every possible reference to recreate the world of the uh, original films. That's fantastic. Uh, And then you're sort of rushed through it. On rails because it is a dice uh, right. like shooter campaign uh, where you're ju- like literally like having these different like tableaus flashed in front of you that suggest associations, but you're never really allowed to linger in them. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'll give like a perfect example. So Inferno Squad, yeah. right? The the entire like the game opens with and it's really clever. Like it, like. Inferno Squad needs to make sure the ambush at Endor happens. So you're yeah. you're unwittingly assisting the end of the Empire that you serve. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. But I really found myself wishing that the game lingered on that a little more. Like, yeah, let me be a member of Inferno Squad for a little bit. And let me like understand who they are and their mindset yeah. before it all gets ripped out from under them. Yeah. Like that, that moment where... The Death Star explodes is a cool beat. Even at that time, it feels a little bit rushed. But the thing that makes it feel really rushed is that literally we met these people like two minutes ago, right? And now their world's been like turned upside down. But it doesn't feel like my world has been turned upside. That down. is the yeah.
4: entire. That is the entirety of that single player. Like that. If you go back, like the the piece I wrote was basically like you had the pieces, and then you didn't give the pieces long enough enough to. Yeah, breathe. I think the
1: pieces are all really cool, and um, I think that the the performances are also all totally fine it's like even good like i actually think think that the the lead uh character is like well acted in the scenes that i've seen so far i like the the message that is received early on like the the final message that kind of sets up what in, what uh like the the next steps for the remains of the empire I like that sequence a whole bunch but like that's what you're saying patrick which is like it doesn't feel there's any breathing room for these for these pieces to, to actually sit and, and develop
4: yeah, it's a game that needed to be, like, p- twice as long as what it is, and I think mm. there would have been something... Or, or, like, the story it was going to tell needed to be, like, squashed in a way. Like, I mean, what happens is, like, like, if you continue to play it, Rob, is just, like, the moments where, like, the game could have given that breathing room are then used to, like, ah, shit, you need to go hang out with Han Solo. Um, right. Or, like, you need to go... Uh, you know, hang out with some other character that is clearly them rotating around the cast because they right. want to show you that they've got the main characters from the Star Wars movies. And it's, it's just too bad because it feels like I can't, you know, I can't speak to that game's development very much, but like from the outside looking in, it seems like the kind of thing where they the team that was assigned to make a single player did their job and then the constraints put upon what they, like the story they were allowed to tell seemed like squat, like just completely diminishes a lot of what could have been like, a really interesting story in in that world. And instead, you're just left with a bunch of, like, oh, that could, like, the feeling at the end of it is, even with the DLC, they did some epilogue uh, DLC that came out mm. uh, last week that I, that I went through, and it's the same exact thing. Like, I, on paper, if someone was to tell you, here's, like, what they're playing with in this little epilogue, you're like, oh, wow, like, that's that's fucking neat. Like I could see how that could be interesting. And then as it turns out, it's just oh, well, it's like, you know, an hour long and it doesn't mm. give the the emotional beats. Like they they really go for the emotional beats in both the original uh, story and the in the epilogue. It's just not along for it to have any impact.
1: Right. Right. Uh, and it's just like it's frustrating Seeing Ragtag get, you know, seeing that movie and then coming to play Battlefront Two made me even more frustrated that Ragtag didn't pan out. However, why ever that didn't work, it, it was a frustrating thing to see that. Um, and then, and then, just like I want, I I want there to be those single player experiences in that setting because so many of the things that work for me in Star Wars happen on the margins and. Uh, like this is this is like maybe the defense of the huge game. Like I'm I've I've often been the sort of person like no give me the the, the six hour give me the three hour game I would take a six, I would take an Uncharted length uh, Star Wars game right that that sounds like it would be good, but then I actually think through. What, this actually came up in a conversation I was having on Twitter last night with Sean Elliott, um, who is uh, worked on uh, uh, Prey, actually, Arcane Austin. Um, and uh,
3: Safeway alumni.
1: Sa- Safeway alumni, <laughs> Sean Elliott. TFW Radio's own, uh, the Brodio's <laughs> own Sean Elliott. Um, a- about how, what his takeaway from Last Jedi was, and, and I don't want to get into, like, I'm not going to get into spoilers, I'm not going to talk about specific takes or whatever, um, but one of the things that he said was that, like, the the film for him didn't didn't spend the time to work through some of the issues it brings up and it made me think unsurprisingly of Knights of the Old Republic 2 and that i don't think that the writing in Knights of the Old Republic 2 is the best writing in video games i don't think that it does the best job ever of like it's it's not that its a plot is is so much better than everything else in the world it's it is partially a, it's a game of a certain size that allows for enough beats to, to, in which characters can be well-developed, in which these complex ideas can be revisited over and over again. And so your relationship to those ideas and those characters is given the space to change and develop, and you sit with them. And there is something to be said about games as the medium with which you sit, with which, in a movie... Of two hours long, in a in a in a, I mean, maybe TV is also the same medium in some sense. I, I right? was going to say that I think that's yeah. why
4: you see like these days yeah. a lot of films are actually becoming ten episode television yep. shows. Like, totally, uh, <laughs> even even in Star Wars itself, like I like there were a lot of component parts about Rogue One that I I enjoyed, but yeah. man. You know what Rogue One would have been awesome? Like a 10-episode fucking Netflix or HBO about, special? Like, yes, because
1: yes, oh. think about the development someone like Saul Guerrero would have gotten, the Forrest Whitaker character in, mm-hmm. in Rogue One, yes. over the course of two or three episodes where you get to watch that character go from who he is in the first beats of that movie to who he is when he returns in that movie. And he doesn't get any of that. And instead, that's like one of my big problems with that movie is both with him and with the, the lead character, Jen? Jan? Jan? Jane.
2: What Jane? I, Jane Jane Jan Jen, Jen, <laughs> Janeway Jen Captain Erso, Dan. Janeway
1: thank you yes. da- thank you yes. Danielle That's Captain her name. Janeway um, with her you also get like oh okay she's this she's this child and then okay she's now this other character and you don't really see any of that development and also you don't I don't really get a sense of her until pretty late in the movie of who she is and yeah I think you're totally right like a, a 10 episode even an 8 episode run would have been so, so good so
4: it's for, for like, any, like anything would have been I mean it's, right. it's, it's, it's really like, like Six, it's, it's the really, same frustrating a problem where it's just like uh, like movies keep getting longer, but by th- they can't get longer than I mean Last Jedi, which I haven't seen, but like it's already two and a half hours. Like yeah, it's really already stre- it's long. It's You're long. stretching the like if your if your Star Wars movie is two and a half hours long, probably it's one of the, it's something that should have been stretched into like a, like two separate arcs or or like certain no, stories. So this is.
3: I'm here for a return to David Lean-style filmmaking. Like, <laughs> I want the Star Wars movie that's like, you know what? It's three and a half hours long. There's an intermission in the middle. Oh. Go get yourself some oh, snacks. I, I would, would do that. That sounds so good. Remember when soundtracks had overtures on them? Yeah, yes. we got them. We brought it back.
1: Uh, I would do that in a second. I think this movie would have been better for that, honestly. Like, it would have sucked to sit in a the theater for that for another hour and a half, probably, without an intermission. But, but it did need more. World. I don't know. Who the fuck knows? Anyway so, I don't wanna... My uh, point is gonna... games are games in which one of the things I like about games is I can sit I can sit down and be with Baldur, the Zabrak engineer for a a three-hour-long dungeon in which between the little bits of conversation I have with him and the banter that plays naturally, I get a sense of who he is in that moment. And then if that changes because he, you know, in in very gamey terms, becomes more light side or dark side in the future, like, I, I can have this real sense that I've sat with this character, that I've been with this character and recognize the change that he's made over time. Whereas that does not always come through in the five hour six hour long shooter campaign um we're like oh i'm barely getting any characterization here so like that is my one of the things i've been thinking about in terms of games and storytelling because of star wars so thank you star wars for, for putting that in my fucking head
2: <laughs> thank you star hashtag, wars.
4: hashtag thank you star wars
1: thank you star wars um what about <laughs> what have episode y'all title. i think
2: we got an episode title today yeah, <laughs> that's
1: a good one yeah. Uh, well, Danielle, you actually just replayed Through Night in the Woods, right? You played yeah. Through Night in the Woods for I'm the first still, time? I'm still
2: in it right now, and I okay. actually, I did not finish it previously. So I started it, uh, yeah. you know, in February when it came out on, you know, PC or whatever. I Probably in right. my back, laptop. Uh, and really enjoyed it, but as always, not always, but as happens often, I was, uh, you know, pulled away by something else. It may have actually been Zelda, to be honest. Yeah, probably. Like, it probably was Zelda. Uh, And so I was actually really, really happy to get uh, an Xbox One code and start playing it on console because I actually think this game is amazing and beautiful on console, and that surprised me because it's a very intimate game. It's a very, like, curl-up-with-your-laptop type Mm. of game. So I was sort of like, okay, I don't know how this is going to play. But it's such a beautiful game with so many visual layers to it that it actually looks fantastic on a big screen. Like, it looks really, really beautiful to kind of run around the world of the game, uh, you know, it's sort of this beautiful fall, you know, autumn tones kind of yeah, uh, yeah. game about sort of small town life. You play as uh, Mae Borowski, who is a really cute little cat uh, who's also a 20-year-old uh, college dropout. She comes back to her sort of Rust Belt small town and finds, you know, how how many things have changed, how many things haven't changed. Her, her friends have kind of grown up and gotten jobs and had to be adults, and she's still sort of in this very adolescent mindset. Um, it's 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 a wonderful game. I I really really like it. I liked it when I first played it, and I and I think I like it even more playing on a big screen.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I I think that game is maybe the best counter counter argument to what I was just saying about large <laughs> games being the ones that let you sit with characters and and setting because I I also haven't finished Night in the Woods yet. It's high on my list of things to get to before I write my top ten I, list. I think which it's means, worthwhile.
2: Yeah, I think it's worthwhile
1: well for that. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it is a, a, a disclosure. I'm friends with with uh, the, the two of the people on the on the team, uh, Scott and sure. Bethany. Uh, but but I think it actually does do the thing of like letting you just spend time with characters. Like literally, a lot of that game is oh, I'm going to go spend time with Greg today. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. It's,
4: it's, and it's also repetitive, right? Like the game right, structure right. is like you go to sleep, you wake up, you pass through the same like five screens over right. and over I mean, there are yeah. moments where those characters go in to different locations, but, like, if you were to break down, like, a huge percentage of the game, it's a lot of just, oh, I wonder what that character is do-. Like, you know it, a time has passed, and, like, the, the seasons are changing, and you're checking in on this character and what they have to say or how their life is, is going along, and, uh, yeah. I like the first three-fourths of that game more than I, I care for the, the last fourth, but it is, uh, it, I mean, has the best writing of any game this year. Would probably,
1: wow! Uh... Yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed like. I say wow because I actually think like games have been games have been good this year. But you're yeah, right. Yeah, that, right, right?
4: that is. Think... That, yeah, a lot of great games have a lot of great writing. But I guess that part of what I like the the best like naturalistic writing like it's mm-hmm. there's a version of Night in the Woods that is smug shitty Twitter writing and it doesn't land at all. But they find a balance that like feels like very human, um, despite the fact that it's coming from, from a bunch of animals.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it, that's yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. And it's also very it's very realistically frustrating to play this game in a lot of ways because May is so immature in in a lot of ways. Like, I'm still, I still have probably about another hour to go. I think I'm in that sort of last uh, portion at this point Uh, for the first time too. So I'm experiencing this, the end game for the first time here. Uh, And May, like, I just want to, you know, kind of, slap her a little bit sometimes she acts like a kid that's so harsh i know i know it's harsh i know it's harsh i mean she sucks though <laughs> okay. that's the thing she is a 20 wow. year old like she's a kid in a lot of ways right and she's dealing with her treat friends your mom have- with a
4: little more respect may she's doing <laughs> she's, her best
2: she's you know ba- B. her friend b is like dealing with some shit and she's also 20 but she's had to grow up like there, there are certain right. ways in which may is just really unaware of of how kind of well she's had things in certain ways and of course she's also dealing with a lot of emotional issues there's a lot of may that i want i want to slap her because she reminds me of me at 20 there's Mm. there's a lot of that in it uh so i appreciate that quite a bit about this game i appreciate that it feels realistic and that it's not afraid to be annoying sometimes it's not afraid to make its protagonist annoying i think that's kind of a powerful thing sometimes
1: yeah totally i think that's the thing I, i wish more games would be willing to explore is like okay I'm not the like the thing that, that a lot of games do is have like a, a a troubled protagonist or a protagonist who has like I have a gray morality like I, I you know I'm I'm going through <laughs> some shit I have issues Sexy man anti-hero. exactly yeah. <laughs> and like that's not no like because at that point you you I do want there to be games in which I'm like oh fucking please get come to grips like get get it together whoever um and I don't get that a lot in games so yeah I'm, I'm with you I'm with you. Uh, anyone else playing stuff right now? I know it's end of year and everyone's trying to get ready for, for stuff.
4: Hey, uh, hey uh, Rob, I want to know what you think of Resident Evil 7. Oh, Ooh. man.
1: Oh, right, Rob Zachney Ooh. playing games that came out this year. New games.
3: Uh, <laughs> 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 truly, well, uh, truly a surprise. True story uh, to, to whet my appetite for this one and see how things have evolved. I was playing some Resident Evil 1 yeah. the other week. Yeah, that's, that's better
4: game. than playing 5 or 6. So, yeah, yeah, fair. Chosen wisely. Uh, but
3: no, so, so I'm playing Resident Evil 7 uh, in part because, uh, once again, like I, I basically stalk a uh, friend of the show, Matt Wise's blog um, a lot. He's <laughs> a games academic. He, he uh, teaches at NYU, uh, I want to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a very smart. Uh, a knowledgeable games critic, and he is sort of an aficionado of the Resident Evil series uh, and really, really admired Resident Evil 7, so I've been sort of meaning to get around to this one uh, forever. And I find it really fascinating because it is such a hard left turn from what I am accustomed to associating with Resident Evil mm-hmm. uh, and feels a lot more like, okay, wow, like the big-budget games have been like the big budget developers have been like paying a lot of attention to the quote unquote like walking simulator and mm. the gone homes of the world like yeah it owes a lot to pt but well pt mm. also owed a lot to games yes, like, yeah yeah. Like, yeah yeah and so this is this is very much like okay we did gone home chainsaw massacre <laughs> uh, yeah is, yeah is how it feels and it fucking works. Like it is, and and there's just such a cool aesthetic quality to it because the game itself, the 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 art style, the way it's lit, just like the overall like graphics. There is something like subtly crude or like unpolished about it. Like the bloom effects are a little too harsh, especially uh, if you're everything... playing. Especially if you're playing in VR,
4: like that's even more the case because of like the limitations of like the PSVR fidelity, and it only enhances that aesthetic touch that you're talking about like when viewed through like a
3: slightly crude piece of technology yeah like a lot of like b horror movies right like a lot of like early carpenter stuff and everything has a particular particular look because it's not being done with a huge budget and it's not being done with the most like modern or high quality equipment that was available at the time right you're like shooting on cheap film stock uh (laughs) basically in abandoned parts of whatever city is nearest uh, that's that's kind of the the aesthetic of those uh, of those films. This is the video game version of that. Like it is, it is a game where the final like graphics passes were just like not done. So everything has this slightly like crude, off putting, unsettled look, um, and it's really really effective at just like creating this vague sense of like unreality and weirdness and revulsion. Which is amplified by fa- by the fact that like this is one of the grossest fucking games I've ever it's
1: played. It's so <laughs> Gross! It's so <laughs> gross in so many different ways. Like the the actual like surroundings are just putrid, like, especially in the the. I mean, in every place I've been in that game, so I've been to the 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 opening area, the the kind of house, the main house, yeah, uh, and then and then the area after that, which is also a similar rural house um, nearby, and both of those are just the grossest shit. Uh, you're. I've in. never
3: had a game. Trigger my gag reflex. This uh-huh. one did. Yeah,
1: a lot, that food sequence at the very oh beginning is God. so <laughs> gross, and I'm so glad I did not uh, play it in VR. I am oh, so I, I
4: I think that this is one of like uh, uh, I've so cooled on VR in in 2017, largely because I I don't think games have made enough of a case for like me uh, dragging the cables out and putting that all together. Um, which is partially laziness on my own part and I think partially an indictment of just like VR's inability to find experiences that are are worth going through that extra effort when we live in a world where you have to do that kind of effort in order to, to play a VR game. And RE7, I think, is a fundamentally different game in VR. I think it's still a, a, probably an excellent game. I can't say that because I played 20 minutes in non-VR and played the entire 15 hours in VR. Um, But I think they're fundamentally different experiences in in virtual reality. And I think part of what I think is the great success of RE7 is similar to the great success of Breath of the Wild, which is that uh, RE7, uh, while a first-person game, essentially just reimagines what Resident Evil 1 was in a lot of ways. Like, when you go back to think, like, what did I love about Resident Evil 1? It was, like, exploring a weird, creepy, uh, quiet house. Oh, excuse
1: me? Did you say queepy, creepy? Queepy, queepy? I heard
3: creepy. I like that. Mm. I like
4: that. Sorry. Mm. Danica, Danica, are you Oh, no.
3: baby patch Oh, no. do this. Oh, no. It was oh, a Wasn't
1: weird, a creepy,
4: a creepy house, and you, <laughs> what you see to it to as my website?
3: the zombies, and they go, rawr. <laughs> they do go rawr. <laughs> they go Welcome <laughs> the to Waypoint, with editor-at-large, Boba Walters. Oh, <laughs>
1: God, okay, what is... Uh, <laughs> the creepy house. Resident creepy Evil house. Resident
4: 1 is exploring a, a quiet, uh, uh, creepy house, and <laughs> uh, you... Resident Evil 7 is the exact same thing, but, like, reimagined from a different perspective. Like, it, in the same way that Breath of the Wild, uh, when, you, when you describe to someone what was it like to play the original Zelda, right? Like, um, knowing that, like, the technology is now crude, that, like, the mechanics are crude, like, it, it's not going to work for... If you gave someone... Uh, the uh, you know, it, uh, just is is just starting to play games now. It's like play a Zelda game, like uh-huh. game Zelda One. They'd go fuck this. Like maybe yeah. they can find it interesting, but they're not going to get the emotional arc that you had from playing that game. You couldn't do that with Resident Evil One, even with the remake. Like it's still a crude game with better visuals. RE Seven gives you all the feelings of the original Resident Evil, imagine with like uh, from a different perspective, and I think that's a, a huge part of the reason why both RE Seven and Breath of the Wild are so phenomenal is because they are both modern while also adhering to what made those original experiences so good in the first place. And that's what like a good sequel should be. Well,
3: and what Resident Evil 7 is doing as well is, and, and I've heard it changes toward the end of the game.
4: It's bad at the end. It turns but, into, yeah, it turns into RE6 and shoot him up and
3: yeah, and... yeah, but in these early stages at least, like, it's going back to what Resident Evil 1 was, which is like, yes, you can engage in combat oftentimes that is not the play. It's not going mm. to, you know, that's not going to be the solution that you're hoping it is. Right. Uh, and so this is a game very much like um, Alien Isolation. Ooh. Where... <laughs> I perked you, up right there. Sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you are not going to become, like, master of these spaces. Like, you are still mm. being hunted on someone else's turf. And there's, there's effectively, like a bunch of different predators who all have their own different, like, attacks and hunting styles. Uh, And they can sort of just appear at any time. Um, And they're all fucking terrifying. But, like, you literally can't fight them. Uh, Like, they, they they are unkillable. Like, it does not matter how many rounds you have for the pistol, that's going to do exactly nothing. And so what the game becomes about is, like, these frantic, headlong flights from someone who's hunting you. Now, unlike the unlike the xenomorph, uh, I think these things feel like the the enemies in uh, Resident Evil Seven feel a little more escapable. Uh-huh. Like it feels like running like hell is less something you do on your path to reloading, and more like an authored experience. Right? Like you are forced to rush back through like a lot of times you're forced to rush back through territory you've already explored and you're frantically like trying to remember like okay uh, this door leads to the main hallway and then straight down the hallway and then the, there's other steps don't go left go right you're doing that as you're running like hell and you can actually get away that way like you know where certain right. hiding places are um, and that's actually really really cool because in Alien Isolation a lot of times it felt like if that thing spotted you you were fucked right like that was that was it you were done here you're meant to be spotted and then you're also meant to be like stalked and hunted. Uh, and it is, it makes it an enormously difficult game to play, especially because, like, in addition to the like dread and anxiety, it's just really fucking gross. And so, like, it's the combination of revulsion and terror uh, that, that make it tough to play for like long stints. But damn if I'm not really into it. Yeah, my, my favorite tiny detail in that game
4: is the. Uh... Grandmother, um, who is in a wheelchair, oh, yeah. um, and she is just—they, th- she's randomized. She just appears in different places as you're exploring the, the 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 house, and she doesn't do anything. Like you, she just sits in the corner, staring off into space in her wheelchair, and it is—it is my favorite tiny because because part of what it, it showed, like it's a game, like the difference between RE6 and RE7 are so stark because one shows no restraint whatsoever, uh, and RE7 shows an incredible amount of restraint, up until, like, the very end when they they ramp it up in a way that I felt that didn't work for me, but, like, I, I saw what they were going for, like, they tried right. to have an escalation arc, and part of what uh, RE7's genius is those moments where, okay, what a lot of games would have done was to have the character in the wheelchair, wheelchair when you get near them to, like, pop out at you do it do a do a jump scare like do anything right, right and instead right. like it doesn't do anything and your imagination runs wild you're thinking about it like especially like thinking about it in <laughs> vr where like uh, you're walking past her and then you look you physically look behind you to see if she's doing anything different right and it's 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 uh an existentially creepy moment that uh underscores the restraint they show in that game and it's a uh, you're getting me. You're getting me all. Like, did I, you... I had the game already on my top ten list, but I'm talking myself into moving <laughs> it up right now.
1: Well, did you did you check out the new the DLC that just came there's out? There's a lot
4: of DLC. I, uh, there's actually five major pieces of DLC that they Jesus, put out for that game. That's a lot. Um, and part of what uh, I haven't had a chance to sit down with them. I kind of want to sit down and like do it all in one shot. Maybe when I have some time off uh, next week. But uh, part of what they did, um, which I think was smart, was that each of the pieces of DLC are thematically and mechanically different, um, and they they seem like they finished RE7 and then said, rather than just doing, like, just whatever they do for Resident Evil 8, rather than just, like, doing the traditional sequel, it's like, hey, in the DLC, like, let's do some weird stuff and see what lands, and right. like, one of the sure. DLCs installs uh, uh, a character from, uh, like, a legacy character, because RE7 does, although it's a reboot in a lot of ways, it takes place um, oh, in the timeline after RE6. Um, oh, and weird. So, I did
1: not know that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It
4: basically doesn't ignore the mythology, but separate puts it in a part of the world where it can like safely ignore like a lot of the consequences of the 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 convoluted mythology of Resident Evil um and one of the DLCs that just came out uh called Not a Hero I think uh Turns it into an action game. Like, it says, all right, here's the flip of RE7. Like, oh, we're giving dear. you all the guns. And actually, the enemies are, like, fucking scared of you because you're going to be going through and just mowing them down. <laughs> um, another one, another DLC, uh, it takes place in sort of, like, an escape room. And you're, like, trying to get around traps. So, like, they do so oh, – I'm excited cool. to go I, – I, I've heard a lot of it doesn't work. But sure. I I'm glad that like that was the tact they took was yes. like let's let's be creatively interesting let's try different stuff it makes me like uh, I don't know what they'll do with RE eight if it'll be a first person or they'll go more traditional but uh, they have a really interesting team in place that uh, yeah do some I cool almost stuff like these that series
1: I'm reading about these now and there's almost like a game jam like yeah, feel exactly. to it it's like oh yeah we could just try we'll turn this one into a into a shooting gallery turn this one into like you said an escape room that's that's really cool awesome um. I, I now y'all are making me want to go back through like i'm i'm not i'm through the first section of that game I'm past the first boss. And so it's like, I know I could see the rest of the part of this game that's really good in a night of play, probably, you know, um, and get to the part where everyone is like, eh, and then it kind of falls off the rails. But So I, I might I might try that. I might add it to the list of things I, I need to revisit. I need to just take a day and just turn off the internet and just play video games to make sure that I've touched all the games that I need to before before we kind of settle into the rest of our end of year stuff.
3: Oh, so Ugh. you're going to bang out Divinity Original Sin in the deck?
1: Real talk, I played that that game for like six hours and i i'm i know how i feel about it which is maybe a, a contentious thing to say Ooh. uh i don't i don't love that game it's fine it's fine. Is it like the original it? not no not as much as other people and so oh, like, it fuck. just it just i, mean, I, I think I, that i think that, that combat yeah. system is really cool i love that i love the stuff that happens there but the, the yeah. tone is just not my tone mm. um and and that's like i'm not judging anyone for whom it works but uh but it just well, that, doesn't that work would be for
4: me. curious because i the The original game, the combat is what got me through right, like the seventy right. hours because I liked that it was broken, like yeah, not yeah, yeah. broken, but it was like it lets you bend it in a way that was really fun and creative, and and it t- 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 most games don't do that. They put rules in front of you and you got to play in the rules, and that's fine for lots of games. But it was cool to play a game that said like Ah, you can fuck with us a little bit. Uh, like, you can fuck around. Okay.
1: That stuff is totally. in. I think you will still have a really good time with the original Sin two. And but, I'm excited but, for you to do it.
4: I got really tired at how awful the story was by, like, the last 20 hours. Like, I was, at this yeah. point, in the original, I put in 50 hours. And I'm like, all right, like, I'm just going to, I want to see this through. Like, I've done this. Like, I, I want to get to the end. I don't know, like, especially knowing that this one is even longer. It's long, Like, people have told but, me, like, it's yeah. a Persona 5 sort of, like, 80-hour investment if you want to see it to the end. And it's like, if this, I don't think that the combat, as cute as it was the first time around, I don't yeah. know that I could do that a second time i still want to try it given how much i did like that game and there's Um, stuff
1: there that i think is conceptually really cool in the story stuff like i think that there is there's a lot of stuff that's like really unique for fantasy like i think a lot of the pieces are fascinating i want to be in that world but i kind of want to be in that world taken a little more seriously and i'm not i'm not like a fantasy fantasy is not my favorite genre but i i like the humor that is presented often just doesn't land for me. And also, and also, like, I think I am just, I've said this before, that despite growing up on isometric RPGs, I have gotten away from them in terms of presentational style in a way that means I have to be in a certain mode to even want to be in those games. And that's a shame for me because I'm missing experiences that I know, excuse me that I know are good. Like, I I haven't gone, I haven't replayed, or I haven't played the new, um, uh, like, the follow-up to Planescape this year, either. Um, Torment, uh, Tides of Numenara. Uh, And I know that that is a game I would probably enjoy because I really liked the original Planescape Torment. I'm just like, nope, I, I am not, I have not put any time into it. I don't, I think part of it is just big games like that already require a big ask for me in terms of time. And so on top of that, having this extra layer of difficulty for me to get back into games from that perspective and where I'm reading a lot of text and where I'm not able to multitask, uh, it's, it's, it's hard. And that is actually, again, I think it's a personal failing, not a failing of these games. Uh, we should take a quick break, actually. We will be right back.
0: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all.
3: It's, this has been such a weird year, because it feels like a few years ago, a Planescape sequel would have been, like, full stop, like, holy shit, this is the yeah. year a new Planescape dropped. Yep. And good games are coming so thick and fast right now Yeah, that, like, what's happening is <laughs> these games that I think were meant to sort of, like, reawaken love for these, like, niche genres or niche franchises, or... Didn't they? Didn't used to be niche, but they kind of became niche as yeah. uh, you know the industry grew, but their market share didn't. Uh, the, the, what's interesting is it feels like once again, like the Planescape sequel has basically fallen into the same trap that the original Planescape did. Right? right. It was like, oh man, this is really great news for people who love this shit. Uh, but, oh. but it didn't. I'm not sure it really broke out into the broader conversation. In part because it is just much harder to do that now. Like, everything I heard is that it's a pretty faithful and terrific, like, you know, uh, follow on to the original Planescape. But unfortunately, everyone is really busy this year and there's a lot of, like, must play experiences. It, this is no longer the event that I think it would have been a few years ago. It doesn't get the attention that, like, the new Wasteland did, right, for instance. Right. I'm not sure, right. but I'm
4: not sure if Wasteland 2 came out this year, I think it would have had the same problem like Wasteland 2 is like a very specific yeah. moment in time I don't think that would have gotten the time of day mm-hmm. uh in in 2017.
1: Oh Wasteland 3 is coming right so we'll I think, see I think and they're it also uh are oh, yeah, pretty uh, sure
4: Wasteland 2 to Switch which is a that's a that's smart oh, oh. that's interesting
1: that, hmm, okay
3: <laughs> go on 2018 I mean, I the year we play all these games on Switch <laughs> yes! right
1: like maybe I Not don't know wrong. maybe I hope so god god <laughs> Um, yeah, Wasteland Three was uh, three three million it raised on Fig, so three point sort of, one million. Sort of. Oh, was well, is, is it a sort of situation?
4: Well, no, because the way Fig works is sometimes it comes in with already like a million dollars in backing. Oh, I see. You know, I I because see, it I comes see. in with investment backing, and I do think yes, Wasteland Three was a case of uh, yes, like it did raise a bunch of money from fans, but I, th- I don't don't like hold me to this, like stay uh-huh. out of my mentions. But I think. Uh, <laughs> I think it's. I think that came in with, like, investment up front, which inflated what it seemed like that game. Yeah, actually. I see. Oh, it. shit.
3: Patrick. Yeah. Are you need in my to write for, for an end of your trend piece, mm-hmm. you need to write something with the title Bringing Us Some Figgy Pudding.
2: Yeah!
3: Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you that one for free, son. Oh.
1: You just hold on to that, Patrick. We'll talk later. Don't oh. worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> um... Uh, other things. Are there other things to even to even mention in in terms of games at this point? I feel like it's
4: very briefly. Oh. I, oh, did anyone play that uh, Gorgoa game?
1: I haven't. I haven't. Got so it I put, downloaded. I, yeah, I put thirty <laughs> minutes into that game back at PAX East of twenty seventeen, um, and so I've played the beginning of that game. Through. Do you
4: want to explain what it is?
1: Hmm. Yeah. It is a puzzle. Pos- <laughs> it, is, it is a hard game to explain. It's called Goro goa, Gorogoa, Goa. G O R O G O A. I believe that okay. that's right. No, that's wrong. G O R.
2: Goro Goa. Is
1: it Goro Goa? Goro,
2: like, yeah, like Goro, Goro the monster. Like
1: Goro. 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 I have four arms. Yeah. And then Goa, like, uh, hey, can you go to the store and pick me up some milk? I'm <laughs> that's out.
2: That's how Mario says it.
1: It's go me. It's the me store. and Mario. Yeah. Can you go to the store and give me some milk? <laughs> we haven't had milk in three days. What am I supposed to do? Drink black coffee. Come on. Uh, Correct. The, <laughs> it is a puzzle game. It just came out on Windows, Switch, and iOS, in which you play uh, a boy who is trying to get these, these, like, four or five pieces of colored fruit, um, and who is exploring an environment through a screen that is kind of broken up into four panels. Um, it's, like, horizontal and vertical four panels. Uh and as you move from panel to panel the world can you can do things that change what is in the other panels or you can kind of teleport from panel to panel so like at the like i'm going to like be very 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 basic at the 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 kind of description of this so imagine you are in the four panels are just like uh a room uh like a living room basically or it's like a bedroom up top right and then the bottom part is the living room uh and so you go through a door on the top right and you come out into the living room that's on the bottom right uh and then you go over to the left and there's a window out into a out into like a city a city and then you click on the window and it reframes what's there from being the living room to being the city in the background um and then the this is why it's so impossible to do, it's so hard to talk about what this fucking game is. Because what you end up doing is doing things like, okay, you've zoomed out into the city street, and, and now there is a building. And then you notice that in the other part of the living room, there is a painting that matches up with the city street in the background. So you zoom in on that right, that bottom right... Uh, tile where there's a painting, and it now makes instead of just being part of the city street, you have a whole city street. And now maybe there's a cart that you can move from the bottom left pane into the bottom right pane, and then you can zoom back out on both of those and on the painting. That cart will then be there, and now you can move the boy back over there and somehow get him the the fruit that was in the cart. This it's, sounds
3: amazing. It's yeah, it does. incredible.
1: <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's all. It's all. Mm. Uh, it, it's like has this very painterly style. It's almost a sketchbook style, actually. When I think about it. it Feels like it was done with like colored pencil or something. Um, it is like just watch the trailer. It's like a minute and a half um, to to get a vibe for what I'm talking about. Uh, it is one of the strangest games I've played. I love figuring out the logic to it. I love thinking about how the different parts of the different layers can interact. There's a very storybook quality to it, and I don't only mean in terms of the art and the kind of sim- simplistic nature of its storytelling. It's a very kind of, uh, Cameron Councilman actually just wrote about this for us, about the, you know, it's a game that is about death and war and all these things, but they're kind of hit at tangentially. They're hit at through art and through, and through design and, and kind of the, the events, but not through like a long narrative or like, uh, an explicit narrative um but I also mean it has a storybook quality in that it feels like I'm turning pages and it feels like I'm finding almost like a pop-up book finding little secrets hidden inside of the pages um, and, and almost also like a storybook in the sense of it feels it feels like um, a, a classic you know fairy tale or a classic uh, collection of fairy tales almost where it feels like there are there are layered narratives that go into each other over and over again. So maybe you need to get uh, you need to get something you need to get a, a whatever you're go- a MacGuffin of some sort and the way to do that is to open up a book in the game or to look at a photo in the game of an old sea captain and so then somehow you end up being transported into the world of the sea captain and then from that sea captain somehow you end up transported into the world of a scientist in a different city distant and you know far away who's working on a new type of barometer or something um and it's all visual there's like very little if if any uh spoken language it's all pictographic um really beautiful sketches uh and it's like unlike anything i've seen uh in in the last it's unlike anything i've seen period um and again it's out on switch uh, ios and steam now and i think for a a pretty reasonable price i think it's like 12 12, is it 12 bucks right right now yeah it's 12 bucks.
3: 15 normally but it looks like there's an end of year sale through the yeah yeah
1: yeah, through January fourth on PC, it's twelve bucks. <laughs> uh, so that was my my experience with it. Again, eight months ago, my understanding is that the developer uh, Jason Roberts, uh, who designed it and illustrated it. I don't know if, what the total credit like staff size was on it, but I know that the designer and and illustrator is Jason Roberts. Um, i've heard that he took a he cut out a ton of stuff to make it a very tight focused experience i've heard people say that some of the stuff he cut out was actually really good um but that it just didn't he he has said like it just didn't fit into the flow of the game i wanted so i'm very excited to play something that was that has such a tightness to it um again hard game to describe hard game to describe but very much worth your time Uh, at least looking at least look at the trailer and see what the fuck i'm talking about because (laughs) otherwise it sounds like nonsense uh, so yeah, that there's that. I really want to play that for
4: sure. And again, the, uh, I want to play that on uh, Switch. Yeah. Well, I've heard it's a little weird on Switch because it's kind of a point and click interface, and it, yeah, like, the controls are a little mm, interesting. On interesting. Switch. Um, the we played. Uh, I guess just quickly because people watch the stream of this, but like we played Battlegrounds, and one of the big updates that they added to the game since we last played it was this replay function. Um, Right, yes. There are two things the game has added as it's uh, gotten – headed towards 1.0, which happens in two days, um, I believe. Um, One is they added a a kill cam um, so that, you know, uh, after you die, um, uh, once your squad is down or if it's solo, you can discover it immediately. Mm -hmm. um, You can see from the perspective of the – the person who killed you you can see how exactly you die, which is like very useful both in like giving you closure on yeah. like a particular <laughs> encounter and also <laughs> useful because it allows you to see different tactics that people employed like in taking you out and so uh the, the thing is that doesn't let you know what happened to, like, your wider squad um, right. or, like, what was happening on the map, like, sort of writ large. And what replays do are allow you to see exactly that. So, like, we had this moment um, in our, our stream this morning where we stumbled upon this house uh, kind of, like, halfway up a mountain that uh, had some crates and and items that... There was no clear way to get up there. There was a spot in the house where, like, stairs should have been, but they weren't there either on purpose or uh, it was an oversight. Who who knows? But just as we were going to give up and trying to scale the top of this – um, either Danica or, or you, Austin, came up with the idea of. Bring, I think it was Danica said, "Bring the car over, yeah. and maybe we can use the car to like to leapfrog uh, higher on this building." And uh, we managed to do that. Get up in this building. And This building was just like a perfect fucking spot to Ugh. just. We're like because even if someone wanted to use the car to get up where we were, like we were just, just it was wonderfully perfect. positioned was so and. Good. The circle was closing in, like right, like where it was going to be a coin flip on whether the circle like landed, like basically right on top of us, and we just would have been in a really incredible position to like make a, a real stand against like whoever was left over. And what ended up happening was, you know, as it goes in battlegrounds, the 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 circle closed on the other side of like yeah. a road. Like basically, there was a road in between. Like going down, uh, areas, down yeah. a hill, basically. And and there was kind of like an upper left and upper right, a
1: lower left and a lower right. And it's it closed such that upper left, where we were not, was the highest point on the map. And so we went from upper right to lower mm-hmm. right. And then that just didn't it didn't go great from there.
4: Well yeah, it's, it it pushed us out and we, it was uh, there were only six people left and it made it very easy. We, you don't know in the in the moment but that seems very likely those are like two squads with like either one person down or not a right. full squad, right. which is common on the test servers where all this is happening. And we pushed out and like basically when it gets down to that low like it's often positioning that is going to win the day over good shooting like that's not universally the case but like in this in this specific instance like it absolutely it was well they were very good shots but they were very what, good shots <laughs> what happened was that like we pushed out hoping that we would run into them and we were basically running into a field and then all of a sudden just sniper fire just came railing down on all of us and we tried to hide but then there were just clearly shots coming from another angle and we all just like just gone in an instant and while we knew what happened we died from sniper fire like that's not Incredibly satisfying. Like you want to know, like, could I have done something yeah. differently? Like, was was from the moment, like, the 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 shot was fired and it was all over from there. And what the replay function lets you do is see everything. You can you can uh, scrub through a timeline of your entire round. Up until the moment um, that you died, and you can jump between anyone on the map. You can um, even go the...
1: free cam. You can even totally have a camera detached from people, so you can get that really great, like almost picturesque uh, shot of the landscape. Of okay, there are these three people moving across the. It's the same. It's the same functionality as if you've seen a spectated uh, custom game. The one mm-hmm. like, like when we did the Jeff mm-hmm. Grab one stuff like that. Um, uh, it's so cool. It's so fucking cool because you get that whole bigger picture is kind of what you're gesturing at right patrick like yeah. you get how they got there you get the right. feeling of like what their overall positioning is not just oh yeah they shot me from up high you get oh i couldn't have done shit here <laughs> like i we were just fucked like we were just we were just And that's nuts. what happened like that's yeah.
4: and that's what actually made it, the match more it made it made it more satisfying because like what you saw was when you when you, you scrubbed over to those to to the other squad it was three people way up on a ridge. Like, yeah. as the circle was close, they were moving to the same spot we were, but whereas we were running through an open field with no cover, they, they didn't have any cover either, but they were coming down a mountain able to monitor us and had three sniper rifles. Right. And what you ended up seeing was that, like, the guy who took out Danica, because Danica was the first one to, to go down. I guess I, I should see the guy, <laughs> the first person to take out yeah, Danica, yeah. Um, uh, did so by, like, am- like immediately uh, zooming in Tilting to the tilting to the right, like using a lean function in a way that wasn't them fucking around. They were yeah. using it because it was easier for them to take the shot, and then immediately taking the shot and just Danica goes down, just like instantly. <laughs> and then they like, immediately okay. start. And and then they did that to the rest of us. Like it wasn't yeah, all yeah. single shots, but no, they were taking fact- the. They're taking was, the kind of shots that, like, f- uh, these fuckers know how bullets drop in this yes. game in a way that, like, I don't and I never will.
1: It was also just a nice thing to see. One of the things that, that Battlegrounds has had a problem with over the last couple of months, and they're starting to curb it now, is people who used outside tools to, like, have aim bots, basically, so that they always hit. Uh, and being able to watch someone shoot at me and miss as I'm die as I'm moving back and forth, actually, before they finally pinned me down, was this relief in a weird way. It's like, yeah, I got beaten. Like, I got beaten there. And that's t- Totally fine, and it's so cool to be able to just know that. Or the other thing is like as a learning tool, and I know this is all just such old. Like Rob, you must be squirming in your seat. Uh, even you, uh, Danielle, as someone who like watches sports, the notion of like, oh yeah, when you watch replays, you get to learn things is like such. I know a basic thing, but it's so cool to see it in a game that we've actually put time into. Because the other thing that happens is you go, okay, here is what we did right, like. When we they should have killed us way quicker, or they could have killed us way quicker if we had gone out the north side of those houses right. where right. we didn't have cover. And instead, we didn't make the right move as we came through the through the, the different like row of houses. We went on the the south side of the of the house when we could, and then also what could have we done differently? And the answer is actually we could have gone further south down the hill, yeah. which would have broken their line of sight. And it's like okay, we just weren't reading the geography. We weren't thinking. We never stopped and said we said like oh where could they be? And what we said was like oh probably to the East, which is not enough. Like, you don't, that's not how you win championships. You know, you win championships <laughs> by thinking about, about elevation. You win championships by thinking about specific, specific moves. I was just like, oh, I'm going to go up and lay down near the road. No, that's not, that's <laughs> not a winning strategy. I,
2: I have an end of year Pubka question for, for yes. both of you, for both of our, our, you know, Pubka. Crowbar and Sickle. You know, uh-huh. for Crowbar and Sickle. i sorry. I forgot what your nicknames were. I apologize. That's fine. That's I apologize. It's Monday. Um, how high up is this game on your goatee list? I need to know. It's
4: high. It's, it's high, high up. It's, okay. Yeah, it's it's high. Like, at my, my top three are, like, a, a shifting... My whole list is a shifting stance sure. because I, yeah. like, like as I illustrated with RE7 and as I, like, like, finished Doki Doki Literature Club, which I sort of wish I had finished in 2018 so I could have just put it on my 2018 <laughs> list instead because instead it's, like, got me thinking, like, well, what game do I need to knock off like I'm, I'm i'm wrestling with people sending me links to a tweet that i wrote in january of this year in which i specifically told myself hey patrick don't forget how much you liked gravity rush 2 yeah no yeah i had that yeah. thought yesterday someone someone dug oh. it up and like t- linked it to me and then emailed me the tweet oh, to be like don't forget you piece of shit they yeah. like they didn't say that but they were kind of they were like insinuating that yeah. and i've had that like I, curr- I will say currently on my top ten, Gravity Rush Two does not exist. Um, it was it's it's in like if I was a top fifteen, it would in, be in that top fifteen. Um, and I'm because this is one of those things that, like that is actually useful about the, like the conversation that I just had with Rob about Re Seven. Like yeah, this hap- like there's a reason they call them, they release Oscar movies in December Right. is because yeah. there is uh, like first impression advantage to yep. certain. Games, some games like a Breath of the Wild, like transcend that, but lots of games and Gravity Rush is like a perfect example of that type of game, which like would end up on, could end up on a lot of people's like, like seven, eight, or even just ten, where it's like, I want to get Gravity Rush two. It's due. Yeah. It's going, going on, go on in ten, but it loses a lot of. I ended, what I ended up doing is I ended up thinking way more about this like the last like eight hours of Gravity Rush 2 which weren't right. nearly which as good not, that as that final
1: like, act is not the best part of it I think no. the, the thing that I I started writing in my mind what my Gravity Rush 2 entry would be if it makes the top 10 list for me and it's like it's one of the worst openings I've played in a game. Oh, in, uh, in the recent opening history. and closer are and the end terrible. Is, is like just so rushed and bad. But the bulk of that game, and I think mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's the final eight hours. I think it's like the final five, like that final it, act. Yes, whatever yes, that final yes. act, the final chapter is not good. But so much of that game is so great and the, and warm, and the soundtrack is so good. It's like uh so I, <gasps> it, it is. It is str- It is fighting for that number ten spot for me right now. Like it is. It is. Its claws are out. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna listen to the whole soundtrack today. I think that might that might be what it needs to push me over. Um, yeah. Ugh. That and Hollow Knight,
2: and... that and Hollow, yeah. Knight, oh, like, Hollow Knight, which is like I've not put enough time in. Like it, there's oh. like five of those games for me right now that are fighting for number ten. Where I'm like, yeah. God, I love this, but I didn't play enough of it. God, I love this, but I didn't play enough. It's oh yeah. Maybe I'm we having... should do a top twelve this year. Maybe we. <laughs> <laughs> Just, maybe we should all do
1: a. Oh so we've been thinking about what the what the podcasting should look like for us next week. Yeah. One of those episodes should be <clears throat> games that are not making our top 10 list, but that we wish yeah. we could include. Yeah. And doesn't have, we're not saying it's our number 11 necessarily, but uh but
3: yeah. Watch I, that one go off the cliff as we begin ta- talking ourselves into changing our top ten <laughs> so list disaster. on the spot. Like, wait, what am I doing here?
1: <laughs> well, so I'm having the opposite thing with actually a game. Rob, you and I streamed this, which <clears> is, <throat> this is a game that's coming out that's that came out in early access super recently, and I'm having the thing <laughs> of like, well, if I don't if I don't include them, I'm having the the Doki Doki thing, Patrick, which is like, mm-hmm. I've already played it, so it, it, does that mean I have to consider it for, for contention this year? Yeah. And the answer is no. The answer is no. These are all made-up bullshit awards. <laughs> I can do whatever the fuck I want. But... Um, uh it's a game called Star Traders uh Frontiers. I'm uh, not going to go deep into this. also this goes completely against the thing I was just saying about not being able to deal with like certain uh kind of old school UI uh constraints. Um it's called Star Traders Frontiers. It's it's from a a, a group called the Tresse brothers, a, a, a studio. They spent years making super crunchy like very systems heavy mobile games um that were all like it's lots of programmer art it's lots of which which is a, a a quick and easy way of saying that the art is made by people who maybe are not artists first um often has lots of heart but not a lot of like technique um they made like weird like 4x games for android phones and complex you know systems heavy rpgs for for phones they finally are making games on the pc and star trader frontiers is this like systems driven You know, it's a Star Trader game. It's like an elite or something. Um, Except that it's also sort of a Crusader Kings 2. In which... There are factions that hate each other, and you're gaining reputation. You, you kind of play a star captain who has their own ship, and you're you're you know doing various activities. You could be doing spy work. You can be hunting down pirates. You can be a trader who's just trying to make money by moving stuff back and forth. Um, you're gaining reputation with individuals and with factions. So it might be the case that this you know this one house whatever loves you, but this other, but this one guy inside of it really has it out for you. And like there's it's just like exactly my type of shit, uh, and I'm really enjoying. It. Uh, it's an early access, which means it's not all that stuff is there, but it's also it's been out since November 14th, uh, which is not that long. And it had 14 updates, meaningful updates, not just bug fixes, but like, all right, that's the third update this week. And it has had, you know, and this this time we're adding new ships. And last time we added the whole new story, you know, uh, feature or something. Uh, it's been really cool. And it's, it's go watch that. If that sounds like your type of shit, go watch me and Rob uh, get up to some hijinks uh, as we investigate the destruction of a space station. Uh, it's, on, it's on our YouTube now. Um, it's a really interesting game. Like, it's one of those... Yeah.
3: Like, you get out of it what you put into it. A hundred percent. Is, like, if you are willing to buy into the story that's being told and sort of the, uh, like, the way it feels like a little bit, there's some semi-procedural storytelling happening around you, but then there's also, like, main plot stuff. Um, If you're willing to invest yourself in that and, like sort of do the, like, for me, like, for instance, Sunless Seas. Uh, Sunless Sea was right. an enormously evocative game. There's not much to that, but, like, it suggests and evokes a lot. This is a lot more, like, systems-heavy, uh, but at the same time, like, there's also all this flavor around it and yeah. this feeling of, oh, there is, like, I I am now, like, you know, setting foot on a stage of, like, palace intrigue and yeah. international uh, strife. And you're just staring at, like, a lot of different tables and charts and, like, <laughs> measuring out your fuel. Right. But it's all in this context and of, like, you're, you're, in, you're, you're involved in the, uh, you know, Game of Thrones of space, yes, basically. Yes, yes, totally. And it feels and you're really sm- good if you buy you're it. You're a
1: small player, but an important player. Like, that is what it makes you... That is totally how it feels. It's like... I don't think that this game is going to be the thing where you rise to become emperor of space. I hope it isn't, right? Um, but instead, what you're worried what the things that are like motivating you is like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I have somebody with the skill that makes it so that when our we go to jump to hyperspeed and we fail the roll, the hyperspeed roll, they have a skill that just says ignore your first failure to a hyper, hyper roll speed. Within this three-week period, or whatever, it's like super crunchy. By, by which I mean, there's lots and lots and lots of, of layered mechanics and skill checks, and you know, as you're just flying around space, there is a like a, a chat log style thing that, or like a, a kind of a game, like a stat uh, an event log um, that is just constantly saying what's happening. And so it's just like, oh, so and so failed their engineer check, so and so passed their their piloting check over and over and over again, and it's a lot is happening all at once but if you just kind of let that wash over you <laughs> make sure you have like a cool crew and you kind of get to know who your characters are that's so good um and and I, and like Rob said like there is a degree of, of flavor that just, so entirely works there was a bit where we were trying to decide which which space clan to be part of and like one of it was a space clan where they have oh my um, god they were so good one of them I forget what the, I, I'm trying to remember what the distinction was one of them they're just like these ridiculous fatalists right which is like um, uh, they are they have like survived so much they believe that everyone is just whatever like their genetic memory is Um, and, and there's a great quote in the kind of codex about them, which is like, you will not bend the Zenrin, you can, so you can try to break them, but Zenrin never break. So your only choice is to kill them. It's like, yep, good. I know exactly what this is. Uh, and then the other, the other clan that we were up for was like clan Steel Song, which again, just, yep, entirely my shit. Uh, and it says the men and women of Steel Song are courageous, self-sacrificing and known to be, be intimidating as a people. They profess a belief in reincarnation and that the, the ethereal spirits of man are reborn into new lives after death. So far, this is like pretty normal shit. And then it goes among some of the steel song assassins cults assassin cults it is said that their agents do not kill but simply guide their marks to their chance to be reincarnated into better lives wow. if their targets have lived an lived an honorable life perhaps they will come back as a steel song it's like fuck yeah oh so God. good yep it's hard to tell if this is a satirical jo- joke or a serious feeling yes exactly good i like i want to spend time in that world even though it is again like is not a pretty game um i think there's like there's some charm to the the like ship design and the 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 character design design actually i think it's actually really good i think there's some fun fashion space fashion in it um but it is not it is like such a rough it is such an austin and rob (laughs) game um but like like uh um Gravity Rush Two, it is cl- it's one of those games clawing for my top ten spot, uh, and and it's just there are so many games out this year. I'm
2: afraid of games like that. I'm genuinely uh, afraid of games fair. like that because I'm afraid I will dive in, I will put six hundred hours or some, mm-hmm. you know, I will start living in this world. This will be my hobby. Like I'm a, I'm always terrified of like an all encompassing game like that. Always, I'm uh, it just is, scared.
1: It would be so like especially in a year where we've already lost so many hours to <sighs> games like Zelda. You know yes. what I mean? Um. And pray
2: like for some and, of us for some um, of us who spend 100 hours in pray you know
1: <clears throat> i briefly just want to say i've been playing death of the outsider i decided to death of oh the outsider God. also clawing its way into my list i think probably i don't want to give Shit. too much away okay. there okay it's if, super if good if there's gonna be
3: a constituency for death of the outsider then i'm gonna
1: rob you should you should play that yep. game it's my number yep. three
2: uh, i'm not afraid to say okay it. it's wow. way okay. up there
3: i'm liking this yeah. i'm liking this All right, i can put that list together in my head i played tacoma
1: tacoma also a game i need to play
3: Oh shit, dog! You need to play Tacoma.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but do, yeah. did you like
1: I Moon? You.
3: I, loved moon. Yeah. I loved
1: Moon. I loved Moon.
2: Mean, you gotta play Tacoma.
3: You gotta yeah. play Tacoma.
1: Patrick saying, eh on on Tacoma. Yeah.
2: It's good.
4: I didn't say it was bad. I'm you just saying. Eh. I, here's what I'm, I'm what I'm saying is in the context of you have like what a week to right. like right. work some stuff out. I don't know. <sighs> it's short, right? So you could do it in a the sitting, the thing. right? That's the thing. But but there's so at, much labor
2: politics I, in that game, though, Austin. Like no. that game is about labor politics in space.
3: No. Well, and about the future that's being constructed by Silicon Valley. Nope.
2: And okay. Like, three techn- hours. I like, can oh. put three tokenism. hours aside.
1: I'm gonna put three hours aside. I'm gonna get through it. It's gonna. <laughs> I just I
3: disagree with Patrick's eh, cicada okay. noise.
2: I still need okay. to finish it. To be fair, I still have an hour left. But I really like it. <laughs> That's not
1: a good note. That's that sounds. That's the note against. Uh, that's a note in favor of Patrick's. And if you haven't finished it, and it's three hours. Well, that's
2: because of it's twenty seventeen. Every character's
1: a space lesbian,
3: Danielle. I know. Hell?
2: Believe me, I love this game. I just need. It's one of those where I put two hours in. I was at work, and then something else at work took me away from it. It was a work thing that took me away from it. So it's not my fault. It wasn't another game. God, like the record to show. Let
1: the record, let the record show. Let the record show. This all is good. Right. You
3: definitely, you definitely want your game of the year lists to be assembled as we all just gorge ourselves uh, at,
1: the, at the table of games, <laughs> yes. just frantically. Absolutely, it's a, it's a true
2: it's... holiday season special. You know.
1: If not that, then 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 what? You know. Um, <laughs> all right. I think that that's gonna do it for us. I think that that is about what we, I was going to go to the question bucket. You know? Yeah, but I got to go play games. I I actually have to eat a sandwich. I can feel, I can feel my energy seeping away. All the coffee is, is disappearing in my bloodstream. Um, uh, just a, here's one quick one that came in from Dan in the in the question bucket. If you have questions, you can send them in from uh, to, to gaming at <laughs> you place You can send them com. to
4: this place where we won't answer them. Well, to, you uh, know, <laughs>
1: it's, it's been a weird couple of weeks. I, I I would say for us in 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 waypoint for reasons public and private in terms of like having time to answer questions. Yeah, uh, we'll do another.
4: We'll do another maybe like at the start of the year. Yeah, we'll do big, another like big question bucket dive. That'd be yeah. great.
1: Um, I this comes in from Dan. I recently went through my old games and found my copies of old Infinity Engine uh, games and gold boxes. D&D games. This resulted in me dropping all of my current games, Wolfenstein and Tyranny, for a good week or so. So my question is, which classic games do each of you end up going back to the most? And I'm curious if there is one game for each of you. Also, uh, Dan asks if Patrick ever got to check out Plan Escape Torment, quote unquote, oh. which I guess is a thing you must have said at some point.
3: Well, <laughs> um,
4: oh, I have no history with that game, so I looked at that word and was like, I said what, the word, what I thought it was. It happens. It happens.
3: Um, uh, so is no, there, I is there any That's, game you yeah, go back day.
4: to ever that is
1: like, here's the game I want to put some time away, you know, like in the middle of, you know, maybe when you're not uh, busy trying to scramble for end of year stuff, is there something that's like, this is the thing, either genre or game.
2: Drop seven.
1: <laughs> drop seven actually and a like, pretty good answer. Puzzle games in honestly. general,
2: honestly, like yeah. good, like just a, just a good puzzle game where I can just put my brain there for a while. But drop seven is probably my like perennial game. I will never not have that on my phone. As like a anytime, anywhere, any place, I got some drop seven for myself
3: nice yeah Rob oh man there's just there's tons like literally if anything (laughs) reminds me of like hey uh, Alpha Centauri is a game that exists I'm like oh (laughs) shit Alpha Centauri exists right and then like I go and I play a game of Alpha Centauri Um, you know I'm always like I return regularly to Company of Heroes one or two Uh, just it's something that it's pure comfort gaming like it's a system I know I really really admire it uh, and it's just it's it's fun to return to again and again. I mean, there there are so many. Like, look, I'm the person who got dragged uh, like crazy a couple weeks ago for playing old games. Like, this is this is <laughs> uh-huh. what I do. It's always the past uh, <laughs> here at Chez Acne. Uh, uh. The, the the past is the past doesn't even past. Uh, so that that's how I approach games, and uh, it's all pretty good.
1: That sounds good. I for me it is like it is a, a few games that fit into. Uh, like the the canon, the Austin Walker canon, and none of them are surprises, right? Like, I I've played, I've started new characters in Dragon's Dogma twice this year. Um, every three months, I go back to Far Cry Two for four hours or something, but I never commit to playing through those things, right? I, I don't do a full playthrough of those games. I just like, okay, I need to a palate cleanser. I need to go back to something where I already know what I feel about it. And I put a couple hours in, and then I like, okay, good. I'm 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 good. I'm out. Everything's great. Um, and that has been fun. Like, I, I'm I'm glad to have those games. Invisible Ink, also one of those things. Where like, I'll do a run once every six months or every six weeks or something. But I'm not gonna like. I don't it's like. Okay, I'm in it now, and I think that just reflects how I play games, also to some degree.
4: You know, I don't do any of that. I've it's I always have forward. time that it's always forward. Like the, yeah. the kind of reporting I do. Like my job demands that it's always forward, and yeah. that like I would feel too like guilty like over playing replaying something old unless it was like for like in service of of something or like you know it was part of a uh, if I was doing an oral if I was doing an oral history of a game like okay like that's a reason to go back and do something like that but uh, by and large I'm yeah I pretty much always press forward Battlegrounds like I, I have speculated that maybe that could be that kind of game but also I, I would be able to justify it because there would be stories you could write about that yep. game. And if we'd it, be streaming it. If it, it and, yeah, yeah, Yep, yeah. If, it, if that wasn't the case, then I would have stopped playing Battlegrounds. A yeah,
1: welcome before. to the world of, of content.
4: <laughs> Boy, that's, the, mine's, that's my Patreon, world of content. <laughs> totally.
2: Welcome. The yeah, world of there's... content right
4: there god all right everybody that's going to do it for
1: us again if you have questions you can send them to gamingadvice.com i'm trying to make sure I, it doesn't sound like gamingadvice.com which is a different which i don't that's think
4: that's my it's second a... that's my second patreon <laughs> gamingadvice
1: uh gamingadvice.com don't know this is no don't, this is like a slot machine website so don't go there <laughs> uh you find me on twitter at austin underscore walker where can people find you patrick
4: <laughs> find me the, in the world of gaming.
1: In the world of gaming. Great. Danielle, how about you?
2: At Danielle RI on Twitter.
1: And Rob Zachney.
3: Uh, at Rob Zachney on Twitter.com
1: awesome and you can find everything we do over at twitter at twitter.com slash waypoint you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash waypointvice and as always you can come right here to waypoint.vice.com to to read all of the stories that we do uh, look forward to what we're doing in the next uh, uh, I guess not this week but next week lots of end of year content very similar uh, to our package last year uh, not very similar because I think it's has been such a different game a different year for games uh, and because we're trying to do some some extra stuff that we didn't do last year so look forward to that um and uh and and that because of that we're going to be a little quiet this week on terms of stories on the site and in terms of streams and stuff so if you don't see us this week it's because we're head down on on stuff for next week so so uh apologies in advance if you were like desperate to get a morning stream from us every week this week uh you will get a friday podcast from us though so look forward to that as always thank you to bowen for letting us use the track miss you off the ep pale machine uh, find out more about that at waypoint.zone/slash/boen. Uh, all right, I think that's gonna do it for us. Until uh, until Friday.
2: Be good. Be good at it.
1: Koga. That's a cat. That's, Danielle <laughs> yes! has a cat now named. You just Koga. got her attention. Did what? Really? She's sitting on my really, lap, she heard my. So. <sighs> oh, I my love Koga. cats. I love cats. So I'm gonna let this it's one slide. Really
3: cute. Peace.